listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. The 9to5 entertainment system is sponsored in part, or in whole, in whole, by our Patreons. You can check us out at patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you give us our money, we'll make more podcasts. What do we talk about, John? Today, we talk about HBO, Deadwood, Westworld, Good Omens, Jack Attack, G.I. Joe, All Elite Wrestling, and we talk about weird WWE creative teams, the 24-7 belt, how we would fix the WWE, and we go on to talk about some movies, like Detective Pikachu, how Keith loves Bumblebee, the smash hit movie Tiptoes, yeah, man. and I get my next uh, pick for the best movie ever. This is a movie that people believed in so much that they would pay millions of dollars to make. It must be the best movie ever. All this and more on the latest episode of the Night of Yeah, she's going to be on board Ian McShane like instantly. Exactly, and but the problem is that there's, they give a little bit too much screen time to Jane in the like very early part of the first episode. Mm-hmm. I found it like a little rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first he, episode, yeah, yeah I remember like I watched the first start. season with Raz when it came out the yeah. first time, and I remember that too. And you're just sort of like you're like you're like oh wow, thank you, the most like cardboard wooden character. Yeah, just and kind of a- annoying, a little annoying to watch screen time. Yeah. This analysis of episode one of Deadwood is brought yeah. to you by the Nine to Five Entertainment System, <laughs> a show that is beloved like, and like and and like still good on the rewatch and return to relevancy later. because of course the movie just came out. How we haven't watched it. What is going on with this world? It's like eighteen years after the show was taken like off eight. the air since it finished. Yeah, so I think like eight or nine. I think it fi- it ended I don't like know why late I said eighteen. I meant more like ten. But yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Ten, even ten years is crazy. It's yeah, but I mean, but yeah. that's stuff happens like that now. Like. I think so. Other than Arrested Development, where else? I mean, Arrested Development's the big one. The one that yeah. like it keeps fading away and, and yeah. coming back. But then, I mean, getting less and less. How long like, between like Veronica Mars kickstarted their movie, right or whatever? Yeah, that was a while. Yeah, okay, that, okay, that was okay, that was okay. a while ago. But hold on, that one is like brought back by the fans. This one is HBO, right? But I mean, but I mean, potentially brought back by the fact that they don't people have Game of Thrones anymore, it. and they need people to subscribe <laughs> to. <laughs> they need people to subscribe. You know to what? HBO. Maybe it's a test. Right? If it does really well, they'll be like, oh shit, we could bring Deadwood back and make that our flagship show. Because it, it is critically a darling, and they probably have a lot of people around around HBO who are like, fuck, we, we could do this. We could go back to the, mm-hmm. the Wild West. Yep. I don't know, I don't know what, uh, what they're up to. <laughs> like, what those people at, at HBO are up to, but there's absolutely nothing on their roster, I think, right now that... They lost Game of Thrones and Veep, like, pop, pop. Right? Yeah, exactly. So. That's it. Which is a little surprising, because, you know, it's not like they didn't have any warning about Game of Thrones, right? Like, they knew how how many seasons it was going to go for a really long time. Right, but I think, but apparently, it was still a little surprising. Like, in in the fact, insofar as they had, like, two or three years of warning. But I think to mount Game of Thrones replacement might take more than two or three years. Mm, I bet they thought it was Westworld. I bet they were gearing up for that. Yeah. Just be like, this, this is the next one, and then good. season two came out, and I was like, and they fucked it up. They're like, oh no. I, I have literally not talked to a single person who said that I, they watched the first season and didn't say that they stopped halfway through the second season. That's crazy. Like I'm, everybody, I couldn't yeah. even start the first. Like I just really? the the premise just like I'm, I'm into it in theory, but yeah. like I would rather like I've never finished. Deadwood, <laughs> like so. I'm yeah. just like, I, and I know that obviously it's quite a bit different from Deadwood, but I'm just like, but it's still West, but it's West with robots and stuff. Like yeah. if I if I had like primo HBO watching, I would watch Deadwood over Westworld. 
Yeah. Like, basically. So I'm like... I would, too. And I have seen Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've heard the first season's good, but I'm like, there's yeah. so much television out there. It's just like, it, it just as a premise and a concept wasn't enough to, like, for wow. it to, like, jump the line for me. And then, and then, then I also oh, okay, heard okay, subsequently okay. Hold on, hold on. the second then season was garbage. I, I need this is so strange <clears throat> to me. I need you to justify it with any any two items off your list of shows that you prioritized above the concept of Westworld. Uh, finishing True Detective season three. Okay. That's good. Uh, good Omens, which just started. Okay. Uh, what's also in like my premium? Like you've had a long, long time though, right? Long like, form. This Westworld's been out for yeah, a while. Three years. A while, but it's it's also it's like. I would say it's like mid ranked on it's my. It's ten hours. Like yeah. it's mid ranked. Yeah, but wow, I don't have ten hours. <laughs> Who's got that okay, kind of okay, time? Okay, hold on. But then it's, it's that's you, like you one do. WrestleMania. You're just like, choosing other things over. Yeah, right? exactly. That's it. I have to watch WrestleMania. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got a wrestling podcast. I don't have a Westworld podcast. Okay, let's. We're gonna go. We're, we can just like write this down, or we don't even have to. We'll just underline it. Okay, WrestleMania greater than Westworld. I mean, Keith Heisterman. Yeah, yeah. It's the you know. It's the showcase of the immortals. Westworld doesn't have that as a tagline. WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals. Is that is that what they call it? That's one of them. Yeah, huh. yeah. It's a great. It's a great. It's a great tagline. Westworld doesn't even have a tagline. I know. See, this, and we wonder why season two hit the bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Triple H was was loath to put over season two, so he came out and buried it. <laughs> buried it. Uh yeah no I mean like I said it's mid rank it's low ranked on Sarah is also the yeah, other thing yeah too. yeah that that I'm sure that colors it quite a lot like uh, if we're gonna sit down and if I'm gonna sit down and watch like an hour of TV on my alone time it'll often be wrestling and then like couple time it kind of there's other stuff but speaking of we did watch uh we're halfway through the first season I I don't know is it a season or is it an event of Good Omens like it's hard to tell it's a miniseries so but is it done. On six, is it done, or is there going to be a season two? I don't know where they're getting at. I think that's it. If people like it, they're gonna they're gonna make some. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but Good Omens has a has a pretty definitive ending, which is the apocalypse, the apocalypse. not happening. <laughs> right. But <laughs> spoilers, I guess. I'm sure they could drag it out. Thirty year old book. Yeah, they could drag it out, but I'm like, but they're in the show in the third episode. They're like a day away from the apocalypse, and two of the horsemen already have their letters. Huh. So I'm like, I don't. I, I assume it's going to wrap in six. Right. Like is my is my Maybe thinking. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's going to get I mean, a little which miniseries, is fine. Yeah, which is absolutely fine. If it fine. does it justice and whatever. And it yeah, it, it's way better than a crappy movie cutting it down to an hour forty five. Absolutely. You know? uh, yeah. Ender's Game. Hey guys. Hey. Huh. So no, I do. Good Omens is very very good though. Like yep. you can just like. So it suffers from kind of the same thing that the book suffers from, which is it's like all these sort of like disjointed little stories and characters that are all coming together and you can't really remember if you remember the That's book. That's how it goes. Written by know. two people who never yeah. spoke to each other. Yeah, exactly. Written by two people who are who admittedly even in like the notes of the book were not even awake. They don't even keep like the same sleeping schedules or whatever where they were like – uh, Terry Pratchett was like an early riser who was like awake at like 6am and then like that Edward, was just about when Neil Gaiman was ready to crash out yeah exactly that's it who, and he would go to bed like shortly after dinner and then like I did not know any of this and it makes so much sense to me now yeah. the book was a rough go <laughs> and yeah Neil Gaiman who like wakes up at some point after lunch and then stays awake <laughs> till like 3am and they were just sort of like, they, like apparently they were only awake for about four hours a day on their normal schedules yeah. <laughs> like at the same time Given yeah. the like the repetitive duality themes in the book, it's like mm-hmm. really appropriate though. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. But yeah, but it's and like, Crawley and Aziraphale are basically Pratchett and Game. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. <laughs> like if we're gonna draw a picture of 
Crawley and Aziraphale, and you made them look exactly like those two guys, it's fine. It's a yeah. good drawing of those characters. <laughs> You'd be like, good. Uh, yeah, then that the show, I be- in a way, succeeds in a way that the book kind of doesn't because of the fact that the dynamic, like the the, the Michael Sheen, uh, David Tennant dynamic, is like is perfect. Like it's just you could just watch those two characters just like hang out and talk about like the end of the world and like eternity and like Shakespeare or whatever ha- mm. else they happen well, to be. When the movie about. was in production, like mm-hmm. fifteen years ago, the people, the actors that had signed on were Johnny Depp and Robin Williams. And I was like, I don't think you get better than that. And then Sheen and Tennant came on. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's fine. That's, that's, that's good. Also, also re- in retrospect, better. Because Johnny Depp might have brought like the uh, bad Yeah, Johnny there's Depp a lot of Depps <laughs> <laughs> at the same time yeah. as there are not a lot of Johnny Depps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the same is true for Robin Williams. Yeah, you get, yeah exactly. You get Robin Williams. But so Williams is a zero foul? Yeah, but I feel that's bringing... that's like the birdcage character, right? Like, yeah, but yeah. I feel that it's bringing too much of it. Like, but you, like, you could get early, early era cocaine binge fueled Robin Williams, right? But I'm just saying, but like, but is like kind of like dainty British Aziraphale is like, right? Is also mm-hmm. is is like a is like that that low key is like I find a better foil to to Crowley, like. You know what I mean? Like, like just sort of yeah, like the, yeah, the guy who just likes little, like, tiny sandwiches and sushi and stuff and, like, <laughs> runs a little bookshop, like, and isn't out of control, you know? Mm. Like, it's it's also great. Uh, Aziraphale, through the ages, because they have, like, a million flashbacks and whatever, essentially keeps the same hairstyle, which is, like, but it's, like, it's kind of, like, a, just a, a sort of timeless... A poofy, blown-dry and back. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Just, like, like normal-ish hair, like, and it doesn't look out of place at any time, <laughs> but uh, Crowley always has, like, the most fashionable hair of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just, like, no matter what, he's always rocking, like, like this, like, with a weird little, like, tuft of hair or whatever, <laughs> like, off his chin and stuff. It's yeah. the best. I was like, this is great. Uh, Crowley, Crowley will forever be one of my favorite characters for him trying to explain to the other demons of hell what it meant to turn off cell service for 15 minutes yeah yeah he, he, he <laughs> like, does that in the first episode like it's great <laughs> like, they're sort no, of like well just, that he's like that doesn't lead anyone to temptation he's like everybody in london is mad he's like that's like it's, it's, it's a grand scale of things <laughs> so much evil like added up done at once yeah but i tempted a priest god damn it <laughs> But, I mean, but he also has a bad tendency of like taking taking credit for things that he didn't do, right? Yeah. Like World War Two and like the Spanish Inquisition and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's just sort of like, I think you're great. How do you how do you get to see this? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime. Prime original, the home of other. So you you buy an Amazon Prime account and then it just it comes with it. Yep, yeah. and you have a video account. So if you have Amazon Prime, you have access to Amazon Prime video. Do you, you, okay, you don't pay for the video stuff. Right? And it's no. available in Canada now, right? Yeah, Prime yeah, Prime, Prime Video, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah there's no, uh, no VPN or whatever. There's good stuff on there. There's also, like I said, there's also, uh, I said, Home of Neil Gaiman because um, American Gods is also on there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there, that any good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Rissa hated it, and I've been keeping it on the shelf. Uh, right. I don't know why. That... I really want to watch it. <laughs> you don't know why you want to watch it? Or... No, I, I don't know why it really didn't click with Rissa. She likes no. Gaiman. She just doesn't want to watch the show. Mm. Uh, what else is there? There's the marvelous Miss Maisel, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Homecoming, which is uh, the adaptation of like a really popular. There's a couple of horror movies that come very highly recommended. Well, they only... they have the exclusive digital rights on the new Suspiria. 
is awesome. I bought it on Blu-ray right. because I was so into seeing it because yeah. I'm such a big fan of the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah but the the digital rights are on Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's other stuff. There's um, what's his name? There's a Jack. What do you call it? That guy. Hunt for Red October. Oh, um, what's that guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Tom Literary Clancy. figure, Tom, yeah, Tom, Clancy. Tom Clancy's boy, one of them. Yeah, exactly. Jack Ford. Reacher. That's no, not Jack Reacher. Jack no. Reacher's the Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison. And then... Jack Bauer. Nope, no, nope. that's Twenty Four. Uh-huh. Um, Alec Baldwin and Jack Jack. Uh, what's his? Chris Pine played him, Jack and so boy. did Affleck. They all played the same character. Jackie. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's his? Jack. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Jack O'Lantern. Jack of Blades. Uh, but yeah, the guy from The Office <clears throat> plays him. Dwight Schrute? <laughs> Rain Wilson as Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Rain Wilson as, as Tom Clancy's Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Rain Wilson as Tom Clancy's Jack Sparrow. He's running around in pirate getup doing spy shit. But yeah, you know the guy from A Quiet Place. John Krasinski. John yeah. Krasinski yeah. plays Jack Jack. Right. Jack Attack. But yeah, yeah. There's like some good stuff. It's like it's not quite heading into real, like Netflix HBO competition. But they're like putting out like some remarkably like premium television on Amazon hmm. Prime, which is weird to me because Jack not, Ryan, Jack Ryan. Hey, there it is. But yeah, because they're not going like all in enough to take a swing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of their movies are just like weird, trashy old horror movies and whatever. And That's okay though. I'm kind of into it. like I spend a lot of time on Shutter. Yeah, there's yeah. like there's stuff on Amazon Prime like 100%, yeah. but it, but it's it's not enough that like Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, The Hunt for Red October. Yeah. And what was the the Affleck one where they actually set off the at, at atomic bomb and blew up Baltimore? <laughs> nice. Wow. That yeah, happened in the movie, and they're like, and we're too late. We just killed a million people. I was like, holy shit. I did not see that did coming. Did they show it? Yeah. Wow. They blew up Baltimore in the film. That was like when, what do you call it? When uh, Cobra Commander blew up Moscow in, uh, in the G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Resolute. G.I. Joe Resolute. Yeah. I love that part. That, that moment was the best thing. For a grown-up G.I. Joe fan, uh-huh. like, like, cause you, you're, you're accustomed to G.I. Joe, and you know the tropes and whatever. And you know that like Cobra's weapons of mass destruction are like really insane like the weather dominator controls the planet's weather like we're like, going to blow up the ocean yeah exactly but the thing is but he always like he threatens to use it holds off on using it and then the joes thwart him that mm-hmm. is like the pattern that you know goes. as a well, child well they made it snow in cairo there was snow on the pyramids mm, mm. they did do that that. Was, that was messed up but yeah so then and the like and the more adult revisiting in the gi joe resolute uh they're just sort of like yeah we have like satellites that could blow up cities or whatever anyway to prove we're not messing around goodbye moscow and they just like explode moscow in like the first five minutes you're like whoa like that toll like 17 million or whatever yeah. the hell it is you're like <gasps> and they're like anyway we're not messing around cobra out and you're like whoa <laughs> yeah my favorite part about that is warren ellis was the screenwriter mm-hmm. and he talked about it he was like so i put in this the script and they gave me a list of joes i could kill and bazooka was on it Iced him right away. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I would like to know who I can kill, and then like they give him a list. Hasbro, he was like, whatever. Yeah. It's just like Mattel. It's just like here you go. Here are not protected characters. Yeah, like, all right. yeah mostly. <laughs> and it's got like the best ninja fight of all the GI Joes. Yeah. And then he was like, and then in the plot, I submitted it, and they're like, whoa, Morin, you cannot blow up Shanghai. Like, what the what the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh, uh, can I blow up Moscow? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Not Shanghai, fuck. And he had 
no idea, and they no never gave him an explanation. Or whatever. Like, it was just, must From be. Like, it was Hasbro. Because no, you're going to fucking get it banned, and you won't, we won't be able to show it in China. <clears throat> I'm sure they can't That's show it. it in China anyway. That's... It's a real American hero. I'm sure that is not being... Oh, hell no. They, they're just going to under, like... Then what's it about? <laughs> they just changed the words. <laughs> Who but knows? Like, there's so like, many American flags in it. Just like white constantly. people. Okay, we gotta look this up. Like, what? I, it, what does the mainland China censorship of GI Joe look I, like? I want to see it. Like, I'm sure that I'm sh- like, I know a lot of stuff gets like heavily censored or whatever, and then there's like, yeah. a lot of like play to the middle. They like, just change all the dialogue and the character names and the whatever. Yeah, but it's so crazy if it's GI Joe, <laughs> the real American hero. Like, I feel that that is stars and stripes everywhere in the animation. The Adventure Boy and <clears throat> Friends. You know? Well, in England, it's action team, but... Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. <coughs> A-team. The A-team. Van. But, yeah, no. And they never they never explained it to him, and he was hmm. just like, oh, they blow up Moscow. Tack, 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 right. tack, tack. But what about, like, you know, I mean, I guess this is before Russia hacked the elections. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could blow up Moscow back then. And, it's probably know. why they hacked the elections. So he's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moscow blown up. Why not? Yes, it was the G.I. Joe movie people didn't see. Yeah. Well, a lot of people saw it. It was, it was. Was this the first one you were talking about? No, 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 no. This was, was a miniseries. The, the animated series <clears throat> of Warnhouse. No, no, okay. Probably less people saw it than the original G.I. Joe, but it, yeah. was still, it was quite popular when it came out. Huh. But I mean, but because if, it came out with a relaunch of the three and three quarter figures, yeah, you get little bits of it on DVDs, hmm. yeah, with with figures, and then people went sell and them toys. For it. I mean, yeah. and it was also you're like, hey, do you like GI Joe? And now you're like in your twenties. Mm-hmm. But if I told you Warren Ellis was writing a GI Joe miniseries, you'd be like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you were exactly, and then yeah. you were, and it delivered. Man, okay. I remember the the GI Joe movie showing up as a miniseries at one point. Out of nowhere, and I, I fucking lost my mind every day getting home from school to catch the next episode of that thing. Yeah, because it played over like the course of five days, or whatever. They did the same thing with Transformers, right? Like, and they, like you're a little kid. eventually, yeah. You yeah, don't yeah, yeah. get any warning for that kind of thing. You just come <clears> home, <throat> and one day it's it, there's a different intro, and it's fucking there's serious shit going down, and yeah, there's yeah. This, these like snake monsters. Cobra awesome. Law, yeah. Co, uh, you mispronounced it. <laughs> Cobra Law. Cobra la 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 which was of course Serpenter's battle cry. Wanted to not have that as he flew as he flew his cobra. Introduced some insane characters. Pythona, Nemesis Enforcer, and they went to Snakeland. Remember Snakeland? Cobra la. They also they also put Sergeant Slaughter officially into canon, which is no, he was there before. He was there in the Serpentor miniseries. Ah, yeah, because it was it was around that time. Like, and man, that's what kept him out of WWE for the eighties, eh? Get out. Yeah. He was like, and I've licensed Sergeant Slaughter, and this is my action figure, and Vince McMahon went, with what? No, we have action figures. Why aren't you? You're not allowed to do that. And he's like, I've signed a contract with, with Hasbro. You cannot use my likeness for your stupid so rubber much, figures. So much bank. The he did, Joe, but he also got... figures are just moving so much more than WWE But figures. that's why from like 1984 to 1990... He you, you, He disappears from WWF. And when he comes back, he's cast as a villain because Vince was pissed off at him going... Yeah, it's the, great, real it's the greatest villain recast ever, though. Assad and Slaughter comes back, and then... Uh, it's an Iraqi sympathizer. an Iraqi sympathizer. <laughs> so, like, like, peak Desert War. Desert Storm. So good. Like... It's the best. That's some instant heat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just like the... he fights Hulk Hogan. Like Whoa. yeah, yeah. He fights the real American hero of WWE, Hulk Hogan, as an Iraqi sympathizer in the middle of Desert Storm. But uh, all of that is from the GI Joe toy deal. Mm-hmm. Vince was Amazing. so mad at him; he was he not going to come so back. Much money on that though. Yeah, sure. So Scott watched wrestling for the first time in a while. Yeah, yeah. I watched. Uh, 
All Elite Wrestling's Smash pay-per-view double or nothing. Premier uh, event as AEW. So the guys, the boys, uh, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and all them, they got together last fall. And they were just like, hey, could we sell out an arena without a promotion, without a wrestling promotion? Mm -hmm. And apparently they had already been in talks with uh, Tony, what's-his-face, the guy who owns the <coughs> Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah. Yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars and whatever. And that was, like, one of their proof of concepts. He was like, well, here's, like, a bit of cash. Mm -hmm. Put on a show. What does it look like? What is the caliber of performance and stuff like that? Like, like, don't worry about necessarily advertising and all that. Just can you put on a show? What does... If you want to have your own wrestling promotion, what does that look like in your mind? So they kind of... They footed a lot of the bill themselves to <coughs> throw together all in back in October as a proof of concept. Sold out Sears Center in Chicago, 10,000 people plus, whatever. And it, very quickly. Yeah. Also, very like 24 hours. How, how does 10,000 compare to the numbers that the WWE gets? Or like other wrestling promotions? I don't know how well, to so for the it. For, so for the most part, though, WWE is multi running multiple nights and putting, I would say, around 10 to 15,000 people in arenas most of the time. But for like WrestleMania. Every Monday, every Tuesday. Yeah, but they're doing that That's multiple crazy. multiple yeah. nights a week and then their pay-per-views are once a month. And the pay-per-views will be, depending on the size of the pay-per-view, either in a hockey arena where you're looking at like fifteen to 20,000 people yeah. or for stuff like WrestleMania, though, they're putting 100,000 people in a, in a Superdome. <laughs> okay, so like, like comparable to a slow night for the big guy. Right, but to be yeah. fair, but their venue was... A ten thousand person venue, right? Like, and they right. sold it out in five minutes. So you could have said, like, with a bigger venue, could they have put more people? All, in? all in was twenty four hours. Yeah, all in they sold that. They sold the MGM Grand, which is a premier boxing yeah, yeah, situation, sure. and they sold in that out in twenty four hours. And I think no, it was you got them mixed up. The first one, all in, no, twenty four hours. The first show, no, they had no promotion. Yeah, like no company. It was all just word of mouth. Was them saying like we're wrestling stars? They were like wrestling. They had a YouTube <clears throat> channel. They had whatever, and they yeah. were like, we're gonna do this thing in Chicago. We're coming back from Japan, or we're coming back from not wrestling for WWE. Right. Who wants to come see us fight? That, that was it. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Awesome. Press release and like that, but not yeah. They they also they run a weekly uh, YouTube channel that all of their videos will do somewhere between like one to three hundred thousand downloads a week. Okay. So, which I mean, like, is not not necessarily going to instantly translate into tickets, but they they have like a a steady flow yeah, of content. Fan base. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they have a steady flow of content to their fan base. So they they, they had channels. Who are these specifically that we're talking about here? They are the the biggest people that have never wrestled in WWE would be the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny, Omega. Kenny Omega. Is uh, there a reason that they haven't? They're, they're not good enough, or are they <coughs> just... no, they're too good. Oh. <laughs> they're, the, the, the Young Bucks have said, <laughs> "I make enough money wrestling independence on a contract to contract basis." Mm -hmm. And I have no interest in wrestling and transferring like, three times a week of control and no losing control of, control of my characters huh. yeah, for, okay. for a little bit of more money and like locked in exclusive. They're like, we, we make enough money and we are popular enough to not yeah. right. wrestle three times a week every yeah. week, which yeah, is a lot crazy. of time. Yeah. That's it. Like they, yeah. like they essentially took almost six months off. The last yeah. Yeah, four or five months off. Yeah, the last time they wrestled was in Wrestle Kingdom, like real wrestling. And then they, they had like one match to win the, uh, the AAA titles off of uh, Lucha Brothers. Brothers. But it, hmm. yeah, and Omega. Omega is like in a, in in the conversation for best active wrestler in the world right now. Like if like in a, like easily top five. Like in terms of like a guy who can wrestle. So <laughs> like, why isn't he in the WWE? And I'm only they, asking because I understand that the WWE... They threw a lot of money at him to leave Japan, and he said no. Yeah, yeah, and mm -hmm. he, he said, no, I'd rather work with my friends and take my chance on this company, whatever. But they, appara they apparently offered him, like, 
the seven b- figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, that, is that like that's a lot? That's, that's a lot. lot of yeah, yeah. Not a lot of guys get paid that. He would have mm-hmm. apparently he would have been second to Brock in terms of money. Like, although expecting probably a, a higher schedule, but like that's it. So it's like, the, and Brock Lesnar gets paid the most on the, mm-hmm. of anybody on the show. But and apparently got offered that kind of money and was like, no. But again, you have guys like Dean Ambrose. Like apparently Dean Ambrose got offered second to Brock money also, and he he walked away from it. He's been he was a guy who. Has spent what maybe in the last six seven years at, at WWE, least, like so, yeah. and like member of the Shield, former world champion, whatever, and they just kept giving him like dumb dumb angles, and he was like, I would rather take less money, and potentially more money if mm-hmm. like if AEW blows up, there's like there's a top end that you could potentially obtain by being like one of the early guys in mm-hmm. that you might not be able to get to in WWE, but like he just he was like, yeah, I just want creative control of my stuff back. Like he's like I. He was tired of going to the writers saying like this doesn't work. Can we try this and being shot down, and mm-hmm. then having stuff he was excited about being changed in the eleventh hour and yeah, not changed. Just... Like I mean, like he was like came out of like uh, on the independent scene. He was like a like deathmatch hardcore dude, which I know is not going to necessarily translate into WWE. Like they don't do that kind of violent wrestling and stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, but like you'd still like he's a character that exists with like an edge. You know, and then they had him being like a germaphobe, and apparently they were pitching to him that he's gonna like walk around the arena with a pooper scooper or whatever because he's afraid of poop. And he's like, "That's stupid and dumb." <laughs> you know, he's like, "Why? Yeah, right? Why?" But you're being like, and then like a 75 year old billionaire is like, "It'll get the heat," and you're like, "Uh, okay." Like, and he like he didn't. He got out of that as one one of the things that he actually got out of. But he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "That was like every week they're just pitching me nonsense things," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take less money and." More happiness. Right, right, right. Okay, so all of this to say, the night of all elite wrestling was good. Yeah, Yeah, it was good. Like, there were some wrestlers that I knew from Lucha Underground, the um, TV show that was showing a lot of uh, Mexico's AAA wrestlers on uh, American television. Mm -hmm. Directed by Robert Rodriguez. It was like his wrestling. Directed by? Like directed, he produced, controlled where the cameras went to. Well, he was like the 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 creative force that said, huh. "I want." He, he started his own TV channel yeah. in the states, Crazy. and he's like, "I would like wrestling on it." And he brought that to Southern California and filmed a wrestling show for three years there. That's insane. Yeah, it was. That's awesome. <clears throat> I, I've talked about it before. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Like yeah. they introduced the supernatural as actual plot points. Right. And, right. There's murders and resurrections and, like... A monster that lives under the ring. A monster that lives under the ring. That mm-hmm. kills people. That, that kills people. Kills people. <laughs> and they die. And, and crazy cops undercover being like, he just murdered my, my tag team partner. But where's the more evidence? <laughs> <clears throat> if you haven't seen Lucha Underground, I really recommend it. We, we, Lucha amazing. Underground was one of our uh, recommendations to uh, when Jer asked... Uh, He's like, what would be an inroad to wrestling? Like, you can start and watch the first season of Lucha Underground without mm. needing to understand like decades mm. of history yeah. and interrelationships between everybody. Yep. 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 And then some some guys that I'd recognize from WWE, mm. and some guys that I just kind of heard about on the internet. And it was a good show. There was lots of wrestling in it. Not a lot of like jaw jacking or well, posturing. Pres- presumably, or... like they don't have characters to work with yet. You know, they don't have plot lines that are well, already I mean, on the go. Guys so. like Chris Jericho and, mm-hmm. and Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, like, they have their own characters already set up. Okay. Um, 
even some of the, like the luchadors that came in and, and fought. You're like, I, I get who you are. You don't need lots of background to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Every match ended in a pinfall. Yeah, no, no dusty finishes, right. which is shocking considering. No disqualifications, no like weird ties, no like time out mm-hmm. matches. Like every every match, which to the listener is actually a rarity in WWE. Like the screw, because the thing is, the thinking is always that the screwy finish builds to the next thing, hmm. right? Like, oh, you ruined my finish for this match, and now I'm like in a feud or whatever. But right. like. WWE at this point is in such a weird creative spot that they're like that stuff happens constantly, and it's like you're like I don't care. You're like you're watching a good match and you're waiting for it to end weirdly. What does a weird creative spot mean? A weird, so two guys are fighting and oh, then WWE's a third guy creative spot. Yeah. Oh, so two guys are fighting in the ring. It's been a good match so far. You're not sure who's going to win, mm-hmm. and a third guy comes running down the ramp with a fire hose and sprays them both out of the ring and then screams at them and then they cut to commercial. You're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, the re- but the reason apparently that that's becoming the norm is that like WWE is selling themselves to advertisers more necessarily than selling themselves to storyline. They're in a, they're from all reports backstage. They're changing storylines week to week to week to week to week. So they're not actually sticking through. It's like the only show that you can watch where they can modify from week to week. Like, like imagine if in Game of Thrones, they were like, oh, man, everybody hated the Red Wedding. Let's make some of the people survive it, like, the next week. And even though people you saw get stabbed at the Red Wedding. Like, like WWE has that creative potential, right? which is not necessarily a good thing because markets tested real bad on the Red Wedding. You started to, like retcon some of it right right, right. you know whereas like versus a normal traditional show you're locked in and this is how a script works but because they can change it week to week they do and there's like apparent like did you hear did you hear the 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 triple h apparently backstage was complaining about vince but not that vince like because all this and all the decisions go through one point which is vince vince makes every call and he's like it's not apparently with triple h this rant that was overheard or whatever is not that vince is like demanding control Instead, he's saying yes to everything. Like, you, if you happen to be the last guy you talk to him before the writing room, he'll be like, <laughs> good idea, John. And your idea, even though Scott's been working on his thing for three, four weeks, your idea is going to get on, put into the show and whatever, even if it doesn't make sense with Scott's three or four week buildup. Right. And even if you, like, are using characters that were in Scott's buildup and you were planning it. To- I'll just turf everything and it. It's hard to follow. Scott was the, planning a character on being a villain, but you, meaning your thing, he's a good guy. So whatever, forget Scott's thing. So apparently, like he's so open at this point, that that's actually a bigger part of the problem than him being like controlling. Is he's like, whatever seems like a good idea to him on Monday, gets into the show. So you're like, that's not how you write television. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not. It's going to make a disjointed. Sounds like a fucking mess. Yep, it is yeah. a mess. And like, by all accounts. Uh, I, I stopped watching the weeklies a while ago, but by all accounts, right. like Monday Night Raw is like unwatchable. The, the Smack- Monday Night Raw right after Double or Nothing spent the entire first hour without a single wrestling match. Yeah, over an hour of television without wrestling on a wrestling show. It was just promos. The first, the first hour right after this new competitor came out, and everyone was like, "Yeah, that was fun." Yeah, that's hilarious. And, yeah. But they, but the, but the weirdest part or extra weird about it is they do have like one of the most talented wrestling rosters like ever assembled kind of thing like if you had to go talent for talent wwe has more talent than aew hmm. like mm-hmm. basically hands down in terms of people who can go in the ring and people who are known for their promos and people who are like like there's so many things that they ha- like they have so many cards in their hands and they're just completely misusing them it's it's like it's 
Does it not all flow through Vince? Does it all? It does all flow through Vince, but yeah. I mean, I think that he's seventy-something years old, and he's his uh, his finger is slipped. Tension's getting away, a little away from the pulse thin. and whatever yep. else, and uh, and that's that. Huh? Wow. Yeah, movies. How empires crumble. Yeah. Well, I mean, they also sold the biggest uh, television deal they've ever sold to Fox that they start up in the fall. So I mean, they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're like, and that's the other thing too is like they're too big to fail in terms of like their advertising money is massive. Their network subscriptions are apparently like still not necessarily on the rise, but are holding steady. Mm-hmm. They just signed the biggest TV deal ever with Fox. So it's like WrestleMania Fox- sold like ninety thousand tickets and. Yeah, like they're the, selling out ten thousand, ten to fifteen thousand person every stadiums week. every week. Yeah, yeah. well, not selling out. Times. Like that's yeah. it. Like when they all when. When Raw will maybe fill out the Bell Depends Center, where. SmackDown, there'll be like some people behind the hard cam that are not actually. It'll look full on TV, but there'll be a bunch of people missing. Right. Lower bowl only kind of thing. But yeah. And but it depends where they're they're playing too. Like if they're playing in like Montreal. Montreal. Montreal will come out for wrestling. Right. But like if they're playing fucking Oklahoma City, who like you're not gonna Buffalo, get as much. New York. <laughs> like whatever, yeah. Kingston. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's okay. <clears throat> anyway. All right, but they but they still put thousands of seats. Like they yeah. they yeah. will never play to an empty like place. Like though like I would say the bare minimum would be ten thousand people showing up to a WWE event, basically. I tell right. you WWE event. Right. Uh yeah, that was double or nothing was fun. Double. Lots of lots of wrestling and good matches and some so so matches, but at least they were wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm in, I'm excited to see where they go from it. I'm also Really excited to see what they do with the weekly, like to to see them try to write storylines. Because like we know they can all wrestle, yeah. But can they make compelling television? Oh, also their championship belt looks nice. Yeah, (laughs) compared to the twenty four seven (laughs) belt. Did you hear it? Okay, so whatever. Sorry, listener, we haven't gotten into wrestling for a little while. I launched launched a whole other podcast (laughs) to take wrestling out of this one, but I haven't done that one in a while, so now it's back. Uh, So WWE launched a twenty four seven belt which is a belt that has to be defended uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but not by hardcore rules. Like, you still need to pin them. Yeah. It's very silly. Like, there used to be a belt like this in the Attitude Era, which was the hardcore belt, which you had to defend 24-7. But it's anyway. kind of an excuse for them to film spots backstage. backstage. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, yeah. but, uh, but it's like... It's At still, truck stops in, in right. kitchens. The belt looks like garbage. <clears throat> and, right. like, the point of it, or at least the original one, was that it was hardcore, so you could just come up behind a like smash a dude with a chair and then quick get a quick pin but this is like start the match and then you just start wrestling him which i'm like you know like it's some some of the magic of the hardcore 24 7 belt is gone it's like you'd, right. you'd get in the elevator and someone would be like hold the door and you're like oh shit and they come in with a barbed wire <laughs> and you're like, ah. but now it's just sort of like they're just trying to pin you like they're trying right. to do, like it like it loses some of the magic when you can't just grab grab whatever's around and turn it into a hardcore match like if it's think if about it, how miserable do you remember playing um killer in in college and yeah, like yeah. you're always paranoid and pissed off yeah yeah that's how like molly holly became really, the hardcore champion she really saw two guys beat the tar out of each other one of them f- barely makes the pin and she was kind of like walks over jumps on him pins him right hardcore champion <laughs> but yeah uh so the belt looks like crap but did you hear the rumor about it god i like it's it's hard to explain what it looks like it looks like a bad like a real bad indie belt, like W, a, not like a like a weird like internet 2.0 corporate logo. It looks really bad, like a bad sandwich place called Twenty Four Seven. You could see this. Ep- this is take a look at our episode image for this episode, <laughs> and I trust Scott to put the Twenty Four Seven belt in the episode image. Scott, yeah, maybe, take a note. <laughs> maybe with Calvin like peeing on it. 
<laughs> classic classic uh but yeah but then but furthermore so apparently um like it just looks like crap like considering well, that it's like a com- a multi-million dollar company i don't know man should be able I to don't... put together a better prop than that you know what i mean like yeah it's a prop they have the time to plan it they can they have yeah, belt it does makers. look pretty terrible yeah like it's it's it looks like a, a a clock that you would find in a kitschy diner. Yeah, it's it's not the worst thing in the world if you, me, and Scott had a wrestling promotion and we decided to make a belt. But in a multi like multi million dollar company that can has prop masters and belt makers and whatever, that that's the best they could come up with is like kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. It'd be like if the Iron Throne didn't like look look like shitty garbage. I mean. I think oh, that's, that's the AEW title. I, that I, and that looks like now. a big gold fancy belt. Like, looks like, like a Like a boxing belt, kind of like a whatever. Like... like if you had to go on a talk show as the champion representing the company to meet like Arsenio Hall. And put the belt on. You'd kind of want to be holding that belt, you know? Would you, though? Yeah, I mean, that looks... Like UFCs are the big gold belts right now. Those big gold things? They're so goofy. Well, yeah, but that's what title belts are I know, I know, I know, but it's, uh, it's still goofy. Yeah, but look at any like legitimate boxing belt or whatever. Like, yeah, it's still know, big giant gold plates. Um, yeah, and detailed. It looks like someone put work into it. Yeah, but so the the whole thing is apparently because of Raw's declining ratings, mm-hmm. uh, USA TV apparently like sent them a list of being like, here's some ideas for how the show could be better, and they were <laughs> apparently all awful. And the twenty four seven belt was the least awful. So Vince said yes to that, so it didn't look like they took no notes mm-hmm. from the network. <laughs> but everyone's like, I want to know the rest of the list. <laughs> like, if that was the best idea on the list, what other nonsense did the network... Because like, the, the ratings have been, like, Damn. nosediving. Like, huh. some of the least watched Raws, like, of the last 10, 15 It's funny. Days. You'd think that they would have people, like, a huge writer's room with people mining the, like, slash R slash squared circle and just getting all that shit. But apparently they do. But then again... The seventy-five-year-old man just puts the last idea that was told to him. Yeah. Like apparently, and, and even, not only that, like, there's even good writers in the room. Apparently, right, right. Like, if 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 you bring an idea that he doesn't like, like you're easily shit-canned. Hey, right. what about this? Are you making fun of me? Get out of here. Go, go home. Never come back. Like, well, it's, wow. it's totalitarian. So yeah, yeah, yeah. In there. So there's a a, a dude, uh, a Shikara wrestler, uh, like former Montrealer, who. Uh, wrote for them and, and talked about this a little bit in like his post WWE career was he like, he's like, it's just craziness. Mm-hmm. He's like, you come in with an idea that's going to like, then this is going to take like 12 episodes to play out. It's not going to play out until two or three pay-per-views later, whatever. And it's like, cool, good. And it just gets destroyed in the, like after two or three weeks and you're like, but they're like, it wasn't landing, but you're like, yeah, but the first twist to the story that would get people hooked was planned for four weeks in and you killed it at three yeah and you're just sort of like yeah but it didn't land and you're like yeah but my first hook was at four weeks like i wrote this this way you know yeah and he's like and then apparently infamously uh at this point he helped bret hart write his uh hall of fame speech for the hart foundation and apparently mentioning vince is kind of like a no-no or whatever 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 but he put it in there and apparently Vince didn't hate it, but he still, like, the dude still went up to him and he was like, listen, I'll just save you some time. Uh, this is my two weeks notice. Like, <laughs> and, and Vince was like, what? He's like, I'm just, I'm done. And he's like, wow, I'm just over. So he, like, he helped, like, he helped Brett write the thing with the, the Vince into his speech and then gave essentially his two weeks notice, like knowing that he might get fired for even mentioning Vince in the Hall of Fame speech. Because like what Scott said is that if you, uh, 
If Vince Cross doesn't like you, you're fired. You're, a, you're an independent contractor, so you can just you're not on <coughs> contract anymore. Right, right, right. Like there's I, my number one idea for writing for WWE is a top ten list for the number one contendership, like an actual sports league. Yeah. You win a match, yo, you go from number eight to number seven. Congratulations. You're like closer USC, to win challenging You're fighting the, the number title. seven contender. Every now and then it'll happen. <laughs> but most of the time you fight the number one contender at the end. Like, yeah. That's how you do it. And if you lose the number one contender, you lose the right. Like say like, say the top five or top six or whatever have right of They're jockeying challenge. for position. And yeah, that's it. But when you beat the number one contender, you move down to the number two or whatever. And the, yeah. yeah. Market people love that shit because it draws people to your website. Gives you standings to go and check. Exactly. Yep. Who's who's on them? Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Fixing wrestling is easy. <laughs> well, so what does it take to start a league? I mean, uh, an NFL investor. At least that's what the AW guys get. Like right. having the best unsigned by WWE wrestlers available to you, mm-hmm. who also have a background in promotions and whatever, and ability who like investor, each other, and who like each other, and are are not necessarily looking to make the most money for themselves, and a couple billion dollars. Oh no! Yeah, the billionaire investor is important. They right. did not have, they did not have a billion. They were all well to do. They did not have the money to do it on their own. Right. Like they needed uh, a real investment. Um, we should talk about movies though, because we've seen some movies that are in theaters. Yeah. Like movies that have come out between now and the last time we were. Thirty-nine minutes to get to the the premium content. I saw Detective Pikachu. What? It was great. Really? Yeah. Moving on. No. <laughs> yeah, for for a movie that adapts a beloved childhood property, mm-hmm. it was not G.I. Joe or the Michael Bay Transformers franchise awesome. or Gem and the Holograms. Nah. Uh, Guys, it was I'm still. Oh my god! I watched I'm Tiptoes. Still shaking. I forgot that I watched Tiptoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What bad movie are we talking about? Maybe we're going to get the Tiptoes. I don't know." De- Detective Pikachu was great. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I went to see it with my kid, who's six years old, and mm-hmm. his old attention. What's the runtime on it? Uh, hour and a half, hour and okay, forty-five. Correct. That's brisk. Yeah, yeah which yeah. I mean is I think correct. Knowing yep. that you're going to be it, putting yeah. people like it, less. Than it 10 did not decide to recreate the Pokemon universe. Like mm-hmm. a Pikachu is a Pikachu, and a Snorlax is a Snorlax. The, right, the, but one the of target. them is a, one of them is a detective with Ryan Reynolds' voice, though. That is at least a little bit of a curveball to the. Pokeverse. That's the hook. That's the hook. Well, it's, and it's abnormal. What's the target age range of the film? Like, what was age the age one to one hundred? Probably. 10 to 15, and okay. then like 30 to 45. There are so many of them, and anyone in their 20s. Don't forget that people in their 20s grew up with it as kids. Like, our, my barista cast. 30, but. No, but like I mean, so my barista cast is like 24, and okay, she's fine. like Pokemon nuts because she grew up with the cartoon, yeah. and then has subsequently had a game to play on every Nintendo release since then. Like, it's kind of a magic sure, but spot. but the cartoon was like 93, 94, 95. Yeah, but that's it. But if you're four or five, when that came out, you're but now th- in your Think early about 20s. it. It, it, like, it was, For a lot of people, it was like G.I. Joe and He-Man and the Turtles all wrapped up. Yeah, no, no. Definitely, like, it was, definitely it was. Enormous. With, yeah. the adi- with the addition of every single time there's a new Nintendo console, there's a new Pokemon, game of yeah. that thing that you loved as a kid. You know, like, it's... Pokemon is like... it. It is not... Shocking to me that it's like the biggest property in the world because it's yeah. they're always putting out new games. Yep. They're always pretty good. Pokemon is it the Go biggest is still property. Not. It's probably among there. I'm it's sure that there. it is Nin- too. But Nin- Nintendo had to spin off its own company just to manage Pokemon as a hmm. as a property. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I'm not saying it's bigger than the MCU or whatever, but like it's got maybe be it is right. Uh, probably not. The MCU. Yeah, the MCU is printing money. I would yeah. say it's the biggest, probably non-film property. Yeah, like. 
You'd think we could look this up. I mean, there's like there's like 22 seasons of cartoons, right? Like it just yeah, and and games like and they're all top selling games. Every iteration of Pokemon just crushes, and it's like and it does that thing that like say like Monster Hunter doesn't do, which is like it's also huge in North America. Like Monster Mm -hmm. Hunter does okay numbers in North America and huge numbers in Japan. It does both, right? It's like North American and Japanese numbers are. I I play Pokemon Go. I've got friends in Australia and yeah, they play. So tell us about uh, Deadpool as a Pokemon. It, that's the hook. That's the, like the twist, the weirdness in the movie, like which was the weirdness in the game. Like was also like there was a game, Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Detective Pikachu, but yeah. he, and then he had a weird. So his voice uh, sounded kind of like Danny DeVito in uh, in the game. Yeah. In the English but, translation of the game. But a, talking Pokemon have, have existed since the start of Pokemon. Like yeah. Mouth is a talking Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's weird. People who know in the universe are like, wow, that's. Super weird. Your Pokemon can talk. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for Detective Pikachu. Yeah. But he can't talk, right? Only his little boy owner understands him. Yeah. Everybody else sounds like Pika Pika. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So only his special it's connection fun. with the guy from the Get Down. There's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I liked about it is they didn't try to change the rules of the Pokemon universe. Mm-hmm. Like, people so have Pokemon. Like people... the Bob Hoskins uh, Mario Brothers. Fan. Exactly not <laughs> like that. <laughs> The Bob or, Hoskins, John Leguizamo. Excuse me, excuse Mario me. Brothers. The Bob Hoskins masterpiece. John Leguizamo. Yeah. Dennis Hopper. That's Hover. right. Yep. It, it doesn't do that. It's just like, hey, you know what Pokemon is like. You, you guys have figured it out. So this is, this yeah, like is the movie it's, that's it's set the, in the Pokemon It's universe. the same verse as Ash Ketchum and whatever, essentially. Yeah. Like, there's trainers, there's gyms, there's whatever. Only you catch there. Pokemon by throwing Pokeballs at them. And this one is a detective. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? It was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. That story made narrative sense. Uh... Bill Nye plays the 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 big Less evil dude. Bill Nye, though. No, but Bill Nye, he's got that <laughs> underworld evil voice. Abomination. I yeah. fucking love it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of Pokemon in it. It was great. Is, is it funny, though? Is it, is it funny enough to watch as an adult? I did not have a bad time watching that movie. But it's so, like, compare... So, I guess what I'm asking is, compare it to, like, the best of the, like, kids' movies that are also for adults, which I guess would be, like, Pixar. Like, compare it to Pixar. Or Miyazaki. Well, the Miyazaki, like, touches you in the feels, and it's not necessarily, like, nudge-nudge. Okay. I feel that's, that's, I, like, that's like moving into know, high man. art. I feel that Pixar is an easier easier obtainable goal than most, touching it to Miyazaki. Most certainly is. Yeah. How does it compare to, like, say, like, a Toy Story or a Finding Nemo? It would, it would yeah. be kind of, like, in the bottom third of the Pixar catalog. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, better than Incredibles 2 or... But not as good as. But not as good as like Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not. It's, it's not really like going to have a list. It's not going to really push we don't out. Have a ton of kids movies on that. No, I know. It's it's not going to really like push out. You know, a Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for that, like, right. Wow, that that's a creative masterpiece. Animation apparently, I hold it heard is amazing. The animation is great, and yeah. the Pokemon look great, and they look. There's apparently like very little, uh, like this character is talking to a CG thing. You're like, everything seems to be there. Hmm. Yeah. Like, like, which is, which is impressive on its own when you have like CG stuff interacting with real stuff. And like, usually, usually I find it's weird to the eye and apparently Pokemon Detective Pikachu is No, like, it was, it was a delight to look at. Yeah. There was lots of like little on screen, not spoken about fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a battle arena. Like everything was just right. It's all those things that you want at the base level for a property that you enjoy. Just yeah. pay attention to what the, the source material is. 
I really don't disrespect it. And I can't stress this enough. You should really watch Bumblebee. Like, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like what you like about Pokemon Go, Bumblebee is, but for Transformers, what you actually care about. Yeah, but I hate the Transformers franchise. Yeah, but I'm telling you, Bumblebee's amazing. Does he talk? No. There. Fuck that. <laughs> like. They made him a weird fucking beginning. junkion. He talks the beginning, and they rip out his vocal cords. He does talk at the beginning. They establish it. They establish why he can't talk. Yo, great. I don't care. Like, they've rewritten the main character. You should really watch Bumblebee. It's okay. <laughs> it's the best. John Cena says, should we really trust these guys? There they we go. They call themselves like... the Decepticons. <laughs> and I was like, not enough people ask this question. <laughs> like, it just they, when a robot introduces <laughs> themselves as a Decepticon, you're, you're like, wait a second, robots have a primary function. Here seems to be to deceive. Here's uh-huh. here's the difference. It, it felt like Detective Pikachu was written by people who had watched and played Pokemon and liked it. So did Bumblebee. You no, need to none watch of the, Bumblebee. none of the Transformers movies ever I felt agree like with you. They're awful, they were written Bumblebee by people who liked the Transformers cartoons. But Bumblebee is uh, watch Bumblebee. Do me a favor. Watch Bumblebee. You will be delighted. You'll be like, this is. You're like, if Bumblebee had come out and there were no other Transformers movie, you would be so excited for the film series that would spawn from Bumblebee. That is not the case. The Transformer movies are steaming piles of shit. But watch Bumblebee. You'll love it. It's so good. It's amazing. There's not too many characters. The humans are actually charming. It really sounds like, like we've been at a horrible strip club. And just awful dancer after awful dancer after awful dancer has mm-hmm. come out and, and physically made me ill. No, and you're like, no. just, no, 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 Scott. The next girl's going to be so hot. I, I stopped watching the Transformers movies after two. You've watched more bad Transformers movies than I have. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, watch Bumblebee. It'll be like, I'm out of dollar bills, man. That's just not happening. It'll be like a happening. warm hug from your best friend, Bumblebee. <laughs> a robot, a robot. Made of metal. <laughs> and and the last thing about Detective Pikachu is they actually solve a mystery, which like, hey Batman, Batman doesn't even do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. Hasn't figured uh, that out. Better than Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, probably. Better than David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Yeah, holds together. Yeah. Better Start than Crush finish. Groove. Yeah, it's probably better than Crush Groove. All right. Yeah. All right. Better than. Cars 3. We're into the bad Pixar territory. Mm. Yeah, better than Cars 3. Better than Kickboxer Vengeance. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we can move up a little better bit. Better than King Arthur, Legend of the Sword? Yeah, I would. we're right in the right zone there. Okay. I'd probably put it Bird Box. just below Bird Box. <laughs> right on. Detective Pikachu, just below Bird Box. Yeah. Huh. Alright guys, we have a choice. Uh, do we want to talk about John Wick 3? Parabellum, or do we want to talk about Tiptoes? Let's talk about Tiptoes, because I want to get a chance to see Parabellum. Okay. We will talk about Tiptoes. And I also really desperately want to hear about Tiptoes. <laughs> I just brought up my notes. It's been a little did, while since I've Hang on a sec. Sean, did, did you show the trailer to Debbie when you talked about this? Oh, no. And I regret it deeply. I showed it to Marissa, and she was like, why did that happen? I don't do you know. Do you know how I heard about it? Is I was I was cruising Reddit. They were talking about about movies, and then there were, there was a thread that was talking about um, projects that 
actors tried, paid money to people to get the movie to disappear. And people were all telling <laughs> funny stories about whatever. There's a very famous Leonardo DiCaprio film that he was in that he that he has been suppressing for oh. a decade, whatever. Anyway, this one came up, and I was like, oh, man, i got to remember and, this. And sub- subsequently... That, that, that Jerry Lewis one is like the famous one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that one, too. If you want to watch this movie, it's hard. It is hard to find. Yeah. Multiple streaming services have it like in their catalog, but if you click on it, they're like, it's not available right now. Ooh. Like it is, it's tricky. YouTube? But, nope. Oof. It's on YouTube, but not available right now. Like you can <laughs> find the entry on YouTube video, not available right now. Yeah. Which I feel that maybe there was maybe like the fact that it's in some catalogs and not available might be like an extra push from the Peter Dinklage people, like not wanting to like torpedo his value post GOT. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Peter Dinklage's people are probably like, just take it out of the catalogs for the next like six or seven months so we can line just up, hide it. Line up a couple maybe. We'll like, pay some money to get it off. Peter the Dinklage platform. has like double, right? Like he has this to take care of and pixels. Because <laughs> 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 apparently pixels is a hot garbage mess also. Uh-huh. Okay, so tell us um, so about it. So there's so much stuff to get into. Um, so the first shot is, is I just I just also write everybody's real names in my notes. The first shot is Gary in a term <laughs> that uh, we came up with when we talked about this little face. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gary it's, Oldman in little face. It's okay. not funny. It's so awful and ill so, thought out. It's so weird. <laughs> Gary Oldman in little face riding a motorcycle is our opening shot. Uh-huh. So that's. Like, with, like, like and you're like, what is going on? Like, immediately. Stuff that I learned and about... And this is, like, they've, they've like, some set designers have constructed an enormous motorcycle for Gary to right, sit on. Right, special, special motorcycle right. for... So that it makes him For look. which Gary could ride in and the then Is this, like, proto-Hobbit technology? <laughs> I think like, so. Um, so stuff that, that I learned about this is they apparently got investments from the people that made cops. One of the reasons Kate Beckinsale worked scale was that she was like, I'll work scale if I can wear my lucky hat. And if you Google, I think, Kate Beckinsale hat tiptoes, you'll see this weird little, like, floppy black and white striped nonsense hat. But then the wife of the guy that made cops hated the hat and then suddenly, like, hated the director. And then the guy that was making the money kept, like, shooting things in because his wife was mad at the director because she hated the hat. So, like, from the get-go... Every, like you're like that you're like what are you talking about yeah. a hat and why is someone like you're like this is what's going on creatively behind the scenes while they're trying to make the film tiptoes did you find out what, what was the story behind its creation was the it- story behind its creation was apparently the dude that wanted to make it just wanted to make like as he wanted to make as like an actual kind of like zany comedy mm-hmm. that happened to have little people in it but that was not the joke yeah like, and that was his goal. He was like, he just wanted like a dumb, like raunchy kind of like American Pie style thing that happened to have little people. Right. And kind of was a like, just like us sort of thing where he's like, that was where he's like, where they were never the joke. Right. But aren't the central el- plot elements of this film concerning people, like whether or not they're going to give birth to us, to a, 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 a little person. Correct. Baby? But I mean, but if you played that one character as the clear villain, right. then it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is that, okay. that one character that yeah. doesn't want to have a baby. Right. She's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a joke. That's a, like, you're, you're the monster here. Right, 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 right. Like, I think that was kind of the intention. Okay. But what ultimately got made was a very boring film. Right. Um, right. Also, the opening scene of Kate Beckinsale. So, Kate Beckinsale is a sexy artist uh-huh. uh, who wears pajamas for a lot of the film. Uh, she shows up, like, in the opening scene with her and McConaughey, 
she immediately she's like he's like i gotta go and like do something he's like a little vague about what it is she's like you need to go right now she starts rubbing through the pants drops down on her knees tries to like unzip his fly and then he's like now nah, i gotta go to this thing bye so i'm like what's up mcconaughey <laughs> i'm like really <laughs> I was like, what thing? What thing do you have to go that you're just going to turn down a completely unsolicited Kate Beckinsale blowjob? Uh-huh. You're like, bye. Uh, Peter Dinklage and Gary Oldman pissing on a highway. Okay. It happens. Uh, so much, like, not necessarily nudity, nudity, but, like, weird gratuitous shots. You see Patricia Arquette's crotch so much in this film. Uh, but then Peter Dinklage picks her up, and they're in a romantic relationship that lasts most of the film. Is she in Little Face? No, she's not in Little Face. She's in all the oh, way. Oh, wait, that's the, that's the, the core yeah. conflict of the film. right? No, no, no. Kate Beckinsale. So anyway, uh, there's a little little. Person Patricia Arquette is just dating Peter Dinklage. Right. Oh, man, they put a weird filter on Gary's voice, so it's like kind of like high-pitched or whatever. Really? Yeah, it's very weird. So he's not just in Little Face, he's in Little Voice. Mm-hmm. Like, God, why didn't they just animate him at that point? <laughs> also, so there's a weird thing. So it turns out that Kate Beckinsale is knocked up, and mm-hmm. the whole... Crux of the film is that uh, Matthew McConaughey's um, entire family, like his brother Gary Oldman, I believe they're supposed they're twins, I think, or something. They're, they're twins are close in age, despite the fact that Gary Oldman is quite clearly like twelve to fifteen years older than <laughs> McConaughey because yeah. he's twelve to fifteen years older mm-hmm. than Matthew McConaughey. Uh, so his entire family are little people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now Kate Beckinsale is like, I don't know if I want to keep the baby. And nah, 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 nah. yeah. But then he's just sort of like, there's the line here that I took a note of, which is, uh, he's like, McConaughey is like, but we always use protection. And then Kate Beckinsale says, except for those two or three times a week where you wake me up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so, so I was like, we always <laughs> use protection except for those two or three times a week where you just like hump me in your sleep. And then we have sex. And then we don't use without protection. protection. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, I have serious issues with your safe sex practices, Matthew McConaughey, Kate Beckinsale. Well, if McConaughey is not even aware of them, it sounds like she's sleep raping him, or he's sleep raping her. No, she knows what's going on. Mm, that's true. Cause she knows. She remembers it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, another shot of Peter Sharkett's crotch. Uh, Peter Dinklage has an inexplicable French accent. Mm-hmm. And he's like a weird, like, socialist revolutionary. He also drinks... He's a mini Marxist. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. He also uh, has... His, so apparently he has, like, a, a bunch of... All of these of, things you're talking about are kind of funny sounding. And fu- yeah, kind of sound like it, it could be entertaining. None of as funny. Yeah. He also drinks cherry-flavored morphine and cognac. Mm-hmm. Because he's in a lot of pain from being little. Okay. Weird CG feet on Gary. Uh... I was like, the script is awful. Examples of dialogue. Yeah. I have to pay my phone bill, but I need a couple bucks. Fine, I won't pay my phone bill. <laughs> so someone just... So it's it's uh, a, a little person who I believe works as a prostitute who's trying to get money from Gary, I believe is the line. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get some money. And he's like, but I have to pay my phone bill, but I need a couple bucks. And he's like, fine. I guess I won't be paying my phone bill. And I was like, well dialogue yeah, everybody mm-hmm. how does it work um bu- 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 bu. let's be fair here mcconaughey gary oldman peter dinklage these are not people who are known for their acting chops well no but this, Wait, so this, but, this is this, and, but like, this is brings my next note which is there are good actors which is most yeah. of the main cast but absolutely everybody in the film is like the first person i think who walked into the audition and that's <laughs> why like none of it works because so much of it is relying on supporting cast to make it happen 
Hmm. That the main cast is actually like pretty well acted. Like like Dinklage, McConaughey, Patricia Arquette, Kate Beckinsale, Gary Oldman. They're all fine. Everyone else in the film is a cardboard wooden person. Like it's right, but how much? How much anyone else is there? Like enough, enough yeah. that it's jarring every time they're talking. Huh. That's also shameful. Yeah, yeah that sucks. Uh, oh, whoa, yeah. You cast those people, and then you're like, okay, now we need to fill it out. There's a no, and there's, and we have to there's this e- an Eastern left. European guy slaps Gary right across the face. <laughs> oh yes, Gary and McConaughey are twins. I, I took that as a note. Okay. Uh, Kate Beckinsale does spend most of the movie in pajama pants with visible underwear, like over the pajama pants. Mm-hmm. She wears sheer tops over swim tube tops repeatedly. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> halfway through the movie, I realize that Gary's name is Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Peter Dinklage owns a gun. Uh, Patricia Arquette punches Peter Dinklage and beats him with a shoe in one of their fights. I wrote a sleepy baby hat, which I then found out in my research was Kate Beckinsale's lucky hat. (laughs) So I just wrote sleepy baby hat. Um, I looked it up. It does look like a sleepy baby hat. (laughs) They do take a while to get to the first M word. Which is uttered by Kate Beckinsale saying, could our baby be an M-word? Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of talk about don't use that word and whatever. So, like, the movie takes a little, uh, like... Moral high ground. Moral high ground in that regard. Okay. Uh, a lot of people talked about what it means to have little people kids. They're at a fancy party. Peter Dinklage's Marxist tendencies finally come out somewhere in the halfway point of the movie, saying that we need to have a violent reprising in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Rolf showed up with that girl who was, like, asking him money that an Eastern European uh, slapped him in the face. There's so many, like, missing scenes in this movie. So, like, he's like, I don't need you. You're bad news to the girl who who seems to be a prostitute. But then he shows up at a party with that girl. And but then at that party, she starts having sex with another dude at that party. And not in a very private place. Like, there's people, like, through the windows and stuff. Like, he's just, like, he's boning her on, like, a pool table. Basically, mm-hmm. at a party. That's not like six in the morning. Like the party is active, but this is like, not addressed. I mean, Rolf is like, I'm stupid for thinking she could change, but I'm like, but we didn't actually. The last time you saw her in movie world, she like a weird Eastern European guy showed up and slapped you in the face, and you were like, I'm out of here. Then you showed up with her at a party, and she bones a dude on the pool table, and he's like, I'm dumb for thinking she could change. And I was like, but we didn't see that as a viewer. You just took the crazy lady who, like, already arranged a bad situation. Uh, My comment on that is, what is this pacing? Mm -hmm. Also, at this point, I'm 100% sure that it is not a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Even the the trailer. McConaughey says the line, having a fucked up kid is not a bed of roses. There's a lot of real, really specific uh, medical talk. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Uh, on the subject of, like, on the subject of, uh, like, little people and some of the medical difficulties that they often face, mm-hmm. like a lot of painkiller situation and like sure. and whatever else, and like issues that they have with the spine and whatever. Like, like a lot of your, and it's like very well researched and quite factually accurate. Okay. Like a lot of dialogue, and you're like, whoa, this is what I'm saying. Like someone wanted this mm-hmm. in the film. Um, so Kate Beckinsale explaining to MTV about Garrett, the magic, the movie magic of Gary Oldman. He was on his knees. Beckinsale explained later. He was basically on his knees with the prosthetic part of his head and a face and a hump. 
and different kinds of harnesses to strap his arms back to make them short, and special clothes. They had various different effects, like if he was sitting in his chair, his legs would be inside of the chair, and he'd have these little fake legs sticking out on top. It was amazing what they did with him. Kate Beckinsale and the magic. Someone really wanted this to be made. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So when they finally introduce um, McConaughey's family to Kate Beckinsale's family, there's like this weird tense moment. Mm. And the only joke... Record scratch. The only joke in the entire film is like, there's just one thing that like we need to say, we need to make sure of it, is like, can it be a Jewish wedding? And everyone's like, Mm. oh... Uh, why does Rolf keep getting back with Sally? Rolf gets back with that girl again. <laughs> as as you do? Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, so then McConaughey and... Now, this is the point where you're like, what is even happening in this movie? <laughs> so McConaughey and Beckinsale get married, and I'm like, but there's still 30 minutes left. They get married and decide to keep the kid, and I'm like, okay, what now? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you look at that bar at the bottom of the screen. You're just like, you're like, is, is there that many credits? Why is there so much movie left? <laughs> uh, and then they go. This is the greatest. Beckinsale goes up to Gary at the wedding, and she's like, "So what are you gonna do now?" And I was like, "What is he gonna do now?" I'm like, "What has he been doing for the rest of the film, other than being a character? Like, your wedding is not a function of his life. Like, it's cool, but like, so what are you gonna do now, Scott? Well, it's your wedding. Oh, like, go home. He also says, "Go to my dinner. dry clean my shirt, my suit. And- go to my parents' cottage. I think I'm gonna get some writing done." At no point have we like been told that Gary Oldman is a writer. But he's going to the cottage. I think I'm going to get some writing writing done. Uh, anyway, so then the baby is little, he- little, and the stress of all of the medical difficulties of having the baby is in fact a little person. Uh, all of the stress of having a uh, baby who is a little person is pulling, tearing apart Beckinsale and McConaughey. McConaughey punches a wall. He yells at himself and he says, "I need new." This is like a montage. I ne- no, I this is the last half hour of the movie, man. There's half an hour. They can take their time with this. Whoa. Uh, Beckinsale and Steven uh, separate over the pressures of having I wrote a little baby but a, a little person a baby with dwarfism yeah. a baby with dwarfism I was like I'm having a little baby and I was like what um, so I was Jesus like, Christ I was like I was like why is she drinking so, like, so then she goes up to the cottage where Rolf, Rolf is. is Rolf is also there with uh, Peter Dinklage and Patricia Arquette so they're just like hanging out and drinking a bunch Kate Beckinsale is, like, drinking a ton, and I was like, and she's still breastfeeding the baby because she made a point on it. And then Peter Dinklage made a point of it. I was like, I'm glad the movie caught that. Because I'm like, they're just hanging out drinking, and I'm like, and she's talking about breastfeeding, and I'm like, what's going on? And then Peter Dinklage was like, what are you doing? And I was like, thanks, Peter. Uh (laughs) I was like, thank you for pointing this out. Uh, Patricia and Peter Dinklage break up for, I guess, reasons. Uh, McConaughey shows up at the cabin, and now there's only ten minutes left of this movie. (laughs) And he's like, sort of like, I want to be a dad. And she's like, I was like, but they can't be together or something. So McConaughey leaves, even though he loves his son. He's like, I love my son, but then leaves. And I was like, do you? <laughs> McConaughey. Uh, Gary, with his shirt unbuttoned just a little too much, starts making his moves on Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. He also goes into her, uh, her bedroom repeatedly without kind of asking. It's a little weird. And then finally, they're like hanging out in the hot tub or whatever. And Gary says, Oh, Gary's like kind of like doing this weird like shimble shamble up to her because he moves so very weird in this movie. <laughs> and then Kate Beckinsale says, You can kiss me if you want. And then Gary and Kate Beckinsale kiss. Roll credits. 
That's what? <laughs> Jesus. The first credit is the line producer. <laughs> line producer, this guy. I was like, there's people actively removing their names from the credits list. <laughs> your first credit list is the line producer. Not any of the stars, not the writer, not the director. Credit scroll, line producer, like Dave. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my Tip-toes. god. Tiptoes. Yeah, awful. Like Directed it, by? I don't even know. Someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the list, it's got to be... Like, again, it suffers from that... Horrible disjointedness. It's super horrible. Being awful. But it's not offensive, weirdly. I was going to say, because this is all very da- like risky territory. Which I believe puts it just de facto above Soul Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just because everything under there is offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it awful. Like, awful. Like, awful and boring. And I'm going to oh. show you a picture now <laughs> that I will also send to John so that he can use it. Because I somehow, in my uh, retelling of this story, have forgotten to mention that Peter Dinklage... For an extended period of time. Has cornrows? Has cornrows. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Just, wow. But why, Peter? But why? Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Some some of what you were saying there sounded like it could have been entertaining. You know? I, I, and those are capable actors. Yep. I think they're, like, legitimately, I mean, Peter Dinklage has famously been, like, I think there's a good movie in there that just didn't happen. Yeah. Apparently, there's a director's, like, a secret director's cut that's floating around yeah. that is, like, at least not abjectly horrible. Uh, but, like, I just, there was nothing, there was not enough funny in it to right. warrant it being funny. And then the drama was not great and then anything that was like done by that was kind of undone by Gary Oldman and Littleface mm-hmm. like but I mean but he's so committed to it and like he's, it's not played like of all of the characters played for last like Peter Dinklage characters is, is more of like a caricature in a way because he's like this weird hmm. French Marxist insane person with like a gun whatever but it's like it, it's not played for laughs at all. Like, and which I mean, like, well, he has to. He can't. He can't be in Littleface playing himself for laughs. You know? Yeah, it's so weird. It's so very, yeah. very weird. It just seems so unnecessary. Yeah. In a movie that has Peter, Peter Dinklage in the cast for real, and and to put also, Gary Oldman like, on his knees I, and, and stuff think, his legs into a chair. I also think like, every yeah. every working little person in Hollywood probably like because there's like they, yeah. they, there's a couple conventions and like the parents are little and like whatever. It's like this has a monstrous cast of little people. Right, but you need one of them to be a lead. Peter Dinklage. Peter I mean, Dinklage is there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we. I don't think okay. we prepared a, a worse movie. Is it John's turn? No, it's Scott's so turn. It's my turn. Soul oh, Man. wait, no, I did. What? Oh, my God, we do have a So, So stuff. right above Soul Man, right yeah. below the room, goes tiptoes. Does it? Is there an argument that the room is worse? Is it room? No, the room is, the room is, is unintentionally funny, whereas this yeah. is... Unredeemable yeah, outside it's not, of it. It's, not okay. it's just not, not offensive. It's just unredeemable. Did right. I... I don't know. I don't know if uh, John got... Why the movie that I want to recommend to Scott you didn't is tell me. so bad. I did. I sent it to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't recall. You're bad. I am. Um, but do you want to do it? It's very bad. I'm so nervous. Just say it, man. Well, 
Uh, I'm going to remember when you say it, unless you want to text me. I'm looking at my phone right now. Yeah, I don't think the, totally um, the the word of it will will get to you. Are you oh, let's go for it. It's worth right. it. It's worth it just because it's Scott. Um, right. Oh, God. This film... These tailored ones are the worst. ...has an all-star cast. Because right. I feel that it's, it's an awful movie mm-hmm. that only you will truly appreciate how bad it is. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's look about this. Like, what, what can we give you? Um, Sam Neill is in it. All right. We like Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. Sam Neill has done some, mm-hmm. some movies I really like. Mouth of Madness. Jurassic uh, Park. Gerard Depardieu. Sam Neill and Gerard Depardieu? Uh-huh. Okay, well, that's... Tim Roth. I like Tim Roth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Fisher Stevens, also like noted character actor, Fisher Stevens. Well, I have no idea what this is. But you know Fisher Stevens, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I so guessed Garbage Pail Kids really quick last time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This, this is a movie about the beauty of sport. The beauty of sport? Uh-huh. Jesus. With that all-star cast. I can't even... I have no idea what... What movie these people would be in about sports? Right, but I mean, like, cast superstar cast. Yeah, film about sports. Uh, made an approximate one hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars at the box office. Ooh, that is. You savage. will notice. You will notice that that is less than a million dollars. Had a budget of between twenty-five and thirty-two million dollars, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, they threw some cash at it. It's a so movie. Threw some cash at it. Uh, somewhat. Famous, infamously, uh, it filmed at like Cannes adjacent. They screened it for free on the Cannes beach <laughs> next to the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> because I mean, like, think about that cast. Like, there's like, there's, it, you, like, you'd be walking by and see that, and be like, what the fuck? He was in a movie that I didn't. I well, didn't and, know? and on top of that yeah. too, it was like a, an, a, like a, an event. Like it was like a, a black tie event that was happening on the beach, like catered and champagne mm-hmm. and everything. Just, because... I pictured them using Gerard Depardieu's naked back as the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so reportedly, in the United States, in its opening weekend, it grossed nine hundred and eighteen dollars. Amazing. You know, the question is, how many theaters? I mean, that's it doesn't probably matter. True. It even almost doesn't open. matter. <laughs> if it's one theater, or like that's that's still terrible. Okay. It, it, it however, is considered people. to be. Uh, it is the lowest-grossing film of an opening weekend in American film history. So it at least had to be enough screens that it counted as like an opening, hmm. right? So not like a a thing. It's Ninety people across the country went to see it. The film was unanimously poorly reviewed. Oh man! It failed to obtain theatrical distribution in many markets. I, I have no idea. I have, um, what year did it come out? 2014. God. Mm-hmm. It is an English-language French drama film about the origins of the world-governing body of association football. It's the FIFA-produced movie, United Passions. Oh, man, I did hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, FIFA put a movie out about themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, ba- it's like this propaganda it's just like, machine. It's just like backpatting and glad handing, and yeah. aren't they all the greatest? Like, when they're also like the most openly oh. corrupt like sports organization in the world. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this movie is so bad, but I was like, I don't think that it'll like, the badness will fully take root in John or even myself. Absolutely. So much yeah. as it will. Yeah. 
oh man, I read all about this and was appalled at the production of it. <laughs> I, would, I reveled in its failure. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Now you're going to watch it, buddy. Yeah. Do you want to watch the trailer? I think the trailer actually looks like good because it's like a... It's, all it's a produced trailer. Yeah, it's a yeah. well-produced trailer. It absolutely looks like it's a glossy, going to be like a serious film about like... And it's like and if you 12 know, men who happen to be the richest people in the world decided to get together and make a football league. Leagues all over. Each country had their own. Can we ever tie them together? No, that's impossible. But we have a dream. But we're all multi-billionaires already. So we own everything. We can force it to happen. <laughs> maybe it can just happen. Oh. oh my god! Ninety percent funded by FIFA himself. Mm-hmm. So the no other money other than FIFA. That's going what it into. is. They got together and made a propaganda movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A FIFA propaganda. It's just a commercial of lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also feel that you will know some of the actual FIFA like. Yeah, I've read a lot about their their organization. Like they're fucking. CEOs have been indicted. Yeah, yeah. They're like a, a monstrously open, like monstrously corrupt organization mm-hmm. and then made this film with like Sam Neill, Tim Roth, Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> Why? Like Just throwing cash money at them oh knowing God, no one's ever going to watch it. so much bank. I'm very excited for you to watch mm-hmm. United uh, it's, Passions. Like, it's like the NFL putting together a movie saying concussions aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How we stopped concussions. The NFL story. <laughs> what? Oh. Uh... Magical. I'm excited. But yeah, that was the movie that I wanted Scott to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, I I was like it's got to be watched and only John, only Scott can yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, good pick. Shit. Anything else, boys? That's it. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.